quickly, as if you have your Bibles with you, uh, to begin to turn to Matthew chapter 7, and you might also put your finger over in Luke chapter number 13. I'm going to give you a couple passages of Scripture this morning, and if you are able, if not, I totally understand, but if you are physically able this morning, I would like to ask you one more time to stand for the reading of the Word. And uh, we're going to dive in together. I will give you a disclaimer this morning on this message. If I was at a church growth seminar, they would definitely tell me not to preach what I'm getting ready to preach, okay? So just buckle up and hold on, and uh, we'll, make, we'll make it through, all right? Uh, but I'm going to do my best to share what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart for us this morning. It is, uh, it is a serious word today, um, but it is a word that I believe that we need to hear. And uh, this word will not be delivered from a place of judgment this morning. Um, but this is, a, this is a message that I've preached to myself like every other message that I preach before I get here. And uh, I feel like it is an hour where we must self-examine and we must make sure that we are who what we, and what we say we are in this hour because our world is in need of Jesus this morning. Amen. So let us uh, begin. Matthew chapter number 7, beginning in verse number 13. I'm going to give you two verses, and then we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 13. And it simply says, these are the words of Christ, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Luke chapter number 13, verse 24 through 27. The words of Christ says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door, and you began to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunken in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me all ye workers of iniquity. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today, I thank you for the privilege to stand in your sacred place today. I thank you for the privilege to stand before your precious people and to speak your word. And this morning, Father, I pray that you would anoint this vessel of clay with your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, not to speak opinions or ideals, but Father, help me to stand and to speak that which you have given for this hour and this season. And, Lord, we will never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all that is accomplished today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Today it goes without saying that we find ourselves in some very disturbing times. Our nation this morning, along with many other nations around the globe, is in a downward spiral. 
and it appears that there is no end in sight in the natural realm. This morning, if we were to be honest, we would sit here today and stand here and tell you that our hearts are heavy, our minds are weary, and our souls are troubled. All of those are normal reactions for the world in which we find ourselves in. Much of it is the results of what we are witnessing from the loss of those who have willingly put on the uniform to protect us to the loss of our loved ones from this cruel demonic virus, from the devastating disasters all over our land, to the epidemic of drugs and alcohol, and to the heartbreaking stories that we are witnessing playing out before us as it appears that several hundred of our fellow countrymen will be left behind enemy lines. Not to mention the countless other challenges that we face in our day-to-day lives that we have grown so accustomed to. We see our children, our family, our friends battle disease such as cancer and heart disease and sugar diabetes. This is not a political message today, but this is an urgent message that I believe that we the church in America must hear. And please allow me to remind you this morning that there is a promise that many has forgotten, but yet it still rings true. That is this, that Jesus is coming. Job said this in Job 19, verse 25 and 26. He said, for I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Paul wrote in Romans 13, verses 11 through 14, and that knowing the time that now it is high time that we awake out of sleep, for now is the salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riotous and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strive and envy, but... Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. While it is good news that Jesus is coming, I must speak truth concerning this major event that I believe is on the horizon. And that is this, not everyone is going. Jesus himself tells us plainly, only a few find the way. Matthew 7 and 14, as we read together this morning, it said, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Not only does he clearly tell us that only a few find it, he goes on to tell us what to expect if we fail to find it. In Luke Chapter 13, as we read together, if you was to read 27 as well as 28, you would find these words. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. But then notice he says, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we shall see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. And you yourselves are thrust out. I do not tell you this to pile this onto your stress of your life that you have, but... I tell you this passage of scripture this morning 
for the saving of your soul as well as the saving of your family. I'd like to share a story with you this morning, and I pray that it awakens us to self-examine our own lives. It is a story that most of you are very familiar with, probably if you've been in the church world any at all, and you find it in Matthew chapter number 25. I could tell you the story, but let me read the story to you this morning. It says this, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. We must awaken and realize today that we are now living in the final moments before the return of the Lord. We know this by the events that are unfolding all around us. If you was to read Matthew chapter 24, you would find many things talking about the beginning of sorrows, but also you will find in that chapter and several others where it says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days when the Son of Man shall return. Please hear me today. I'm not speaking from a place of judgment this morning. But if this was to be the day, it is very possible that people that are under the sound of my voice today would be left. This is not a feel-good message this morning. While it's exciting to talk about the return of the Lord and to think about that we're going to hear a sound of a trumpet like we've never heard and that we're going to experience the dead in Christ rise up and those of us that are alive and remain will be called up to meet them in the air. Oh, that's exciting. That's wonderful. Talking about what we're going to see and experience there, but at the same time, understanding that not all is going. You may sit there this morning and say, how can you dare say that to me this morning? It's because his word is true. And he lays it out very clearly this morning that there was ten virgins and there was five that was wise and there was five that was foolish. They all had their lamps, but only five of them was filled with oil and only five of them had their wicks that was trimmed. I believe it's safe to say that we must face this hard truth today. It is not enough just to carry a lamp. Let me say it this way. It is not just enough to go to the house of God when it's convenient for you. It's not enough just to say that I am a Christian 
and I have accepted the Lord of my life. I would love to preach something exciting this morning, and I would love to tell you this morning that everybody's going to heaven, but that is not the case this morning. Today we have become comfortable with just sitting with a lamp. There is no sense of urgency amongst the believers today. Prayer is all but absent from the sanctuary. And we now depend on everyone around us to provide that which we need spiritually. We want somebody else to get the oil. Everything else takes priority in our lives except for the condition of our lamp. We are filled with slumber and apathy and if we're not careful, our hearts are far from him. James writes the following in James chapter 1, 22 through 25. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man, beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. I must sound the alarm this morning. The unclean will not inherit the kingdom of God, no matter how good they are, by the world's standard. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9, and 10 tells us, Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Which brings me back to a passage of scripture that is done away with in the modern day church today. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16, it says, Wherefore, gird up the lawns of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Let me remind you this morning, to be holy means to be set apart for the service of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we find it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But let me also remind you again of Romans 13, verses 12 through 14. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riotous and drunkenness, nor in chambering and wantonness, not in strive and envy. But we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I must ask the question to the young as well as to the elderly in this room this morning. Have you and I truly put on Christ in this season? We must realize the day is ending and the night is beginning to set in. Jesus said the following in John 9 and 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. This morning, I pray we have ears to hear today. Our families are in danger of being left for hell. I pray that we have ears to hear today because those that we have grown to love and to care for are truly in a place of grave danger. For those who do not put their trust in Christ will forever spend eternity in a place called hell. I know this isn't popular this morning, 
but does that even register with you and I this morning? Or have we become so in love with this present world that we can't even grasp the reality of eternity? Hell is a place where you are continually falling, where screaming never ends, where the gnashing of teeth is the norm. It's a place that is filled with smoke and vapors and flames of fire. Demonic beings are everywhere, uncontrollable weeping continually and completely absent from the presence of God. Uh, all of the while been able to look over the gulf that has been set by him and you can look into eternal bliss uh, and you can see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all of the prophets uh, and you will forever know uh, that he truly was the son of God. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, John saw in the spirit uh, that there would be a day uh, where there would be a place of apathy uh, and can I tell you what he saw on that day uh, is the day in which we live. Uh, yes, there was an actual church called the Laodicean church, uh, but today in the spirit, uh, we are that Laodicean church. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, uh, we find it says, uh, the Lord said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Uh, I would, though, that she was cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm uh, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, uh, meaning I will vomit or regurgitate meaning this because thou sayest I am enriched and increased with goods and have need of nothing and you don't even know that you're wretched and miserable poor, blind, and naked. That's why he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Listen, my friend, in the world around us that's going crazy, there's a church that is in a backslidden, lukewarm condition. We walk in and walk out thinking we can give an offering. We can sing a song. We can hear a message in every Everything is well. Uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, while you're sitting under the sound of my voice, uh, your lamp doesn't have any oil in it. Uh, your wick hasn't been trimmed for weeks and months. Uh, and if the sound of the trumpet was to come right now, uh, you would be left behind. Uh, and listen, uh, I don't say that mean-spirited this morning, uh, but I say that to tell you uh, that there's a heaven to gain uh, and there's a hell to shun. Uh, listen, uh, I love you too much much to tell you. Uh, you can do what you will. Uh, act like you won't. Uh, participate in everything the world offers uh, and that you're going to make it to heaven. No. Uh, you can sit in the house of God Sunday after Sunday. Uh, you can sing in the choir. Uh, you can exhort. Uh, you can testify of his goodness uh, and still end up in hell uh, if you uh, don't prepare yourself uh, according to the word of God. We must awaken in this hour and become focused once again on the lostness of humanity because we are losing a generation. Jude simply says this, Beloved, you got to build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And he said this, and of some have compassion making a difference and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Let me ask you, how many have you pulled out of the fire? How many have you 
extended compassion to? Or have you just been so busy doing life? Notice, today our world is in trouble. Men and women all around us is in trouble. This week, I witnessed, even in our own community, well over a hundred children walking in and out of a facility where we was for a service of a 14-year-old. His life ended too, too soon. I looked around and I had to ask the question, where are the parents? No direction, no guidance. All they had was each other. None of them had anything to offer. Hear me today. It was a very clear picture of the church and it struck my heart because on Monday, the church isn't visible. On Tuesday, the church isn't visible. On Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, we're not even visible on Sunday any longer because all we have time for is an hour and a half, two hours on Sunday morning while the world around us is dying and going to hell. Does it bother you today? Does it bother me today that there is a place of eternal damnation that your Bible says it is enlarging itself daily? While we sit with the greatest message that's ever been given to man and we keep it and we're silent with it. But yet we can become outraged on other things. Please hear me. You do not need to be worried about the wicked men. And the wicked rulers. Psalms 91 and 7 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Listen, I don't have to worry about too much of what's going on right now because God's got that under control. But what I have to be concerned about is the people next door and the people in my community and my family and your family that they know but yet they choose not to do. Proverbs 27 and 20 says, Hell, the destruction are never full so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Notice with me, Isaiah and others had a lot to say about hell but here's what I want to say to the church this morning. If you was to begin to read in the book of Matthew, Here's what our instructions, because can I tell you, we must remember that the flesh is always in a war with the spirit, and the one that you feed the most is going to be the one that's the one that is over the, able to overpower the other. 
But here's what I would say to you this morning. Matthew 5, 29 through 30. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Hear me. He goes on to say in Matthew 10 and 28, And fear not them which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. When I ask you today, What are we doing to make sure that all is well in our lives? We find ourselves today, and I did not forget where I started this morning. We find ourselves that the words of the Lord says that enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, but call straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. How confident are you on the path that you're walking this morning? How confident are you that you're not going to be one of those that are left? See, I'm not talking about working this thing out I understand that salvation is a free gift we can never be good enough we can never be righteous enough to earn it but also know this that faith without works is dead and also know this that the writer simply said this come out from among them be ye separate saith the Lord and I will receive you unto myself and you'll be my sons and daughters and I'll be a father unto you he also says this, that we are not to be mingling, but we are to be set apart for the service of God. Can I tell you, it's a time to awaken in this moment because can I tell you, we are nearer now than we've ever been to the return of the Lord. But to think about it today is that this could be the day, this could be the hour when the Lord comes and how many family members would be left this morning that you love and care for? How many co-workers, how many people in your community that you've done life that you sincerely care about? And you'd say, man, I think they'd be left. And if that disturbs you in your thought process, then I'm going to really challenge you. When was the last time that you shared Jesus with them? When was the last time that you took the moment of time and said, you know what, we, we should really have a conversation about, about eternity? You say, oh, but they laughed me off, this and that. Listen, we are to be watchmen. We are to be ambassadors. We have to relieve ourselves of the responsibility. doesn't matter if it's rejected or accepted, but we have to be the voice. And today, if we're not careful, we're hearing silence instead of a proclamation that Jesus is Lord. Please hear me this morning, and I'm going to keep you long today. But in a world that's full of hate, in a world that's full of uncertainty, in a world that's full of not knowing, 
I've got to tell you this this morning. This life here is just a little dash. It's just a little vapor. And that which the late, great Billy Graham said has never rung more true in my life than in this very present moment. In an interview that he did, he said, one day you will hear the news that Billy Graham is dead. But he said, don't you believe it for a moment. Because he said, Billy Graham will be more alive than he's ever been. When you take your last breath here, you will step into eternity there. And there is only two destinations. It's heaven and it's hell. And I'm going to tell you something. Just coming to the house of God doesn't guarantee that you're going to heaven. Just putting an offering doesn't guarantee you're going to heaven. Listen, there are those that said, we cast out devils in your name. We did this in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. With what you have today, do you just have religion or do you really have a relationship? That's my ultimate question this morning. Is it really important? Here's how important it is, my friend. John the Revelator, in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, he writes these words in Revelations 20. Verse 11 and the following. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Please hear me this morning. This thing is real. The reality of our day is that Jesus paid it all so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. But the reality of our day is if we reject him, hell awaits us. All of its torment, all of its darkness, completely absent from the presence of God forever, forever in a free fall, to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And to be able to continue to look beyond and see Walls of jasper, gates of pearl, streets of gold. The beauty and the luster of a place called heaven. To witness Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the prophets and all of the saints that accepted him as Lord 
and followed after him and gave their everything. To say, to hear in your mind over and over and over, that could be me. This morning, we was warned about such a days as we have today, that there would be false prophets come in his name, that there would be seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We was warned that there would be those that would come and say half-truths and speak with fables that would even deceive the very elect. Today it is common around the globe for people to tell you this, that there is many ways to heaven. They will simply tell you that we all pray to the same God. We just use different names. They've come up with all kinds of things. But this morning, I must tell you, if you are not committed and sold out completely to the one by the name of Jesus Christ, we have been given some very clear instructions. The word of the Lord is very clear that we are not to depart from the faith, but we are to cling to him. That's why I like the old hymn of the church. It simply says, I'll cling to the old rugged cross till at last I lay down. Listen, this isn't a time to be lukewarm. This isn't a time to be half-hearted following after Christ, but this is a time to have a commitment to the things of God and to the house of God like we've never known. But if we're not careful... It's just something else we do on our calendar every week. There is no sense of urgency about it. But I stand and sound the alarm this morning. It's not enough to say I was raised in church. It's not enough to say I go to church. It's not enough to say, well, when it's convenient, I'll do this or do that. But it's time for us to be the church. It's time for us to awaken I would dare to say this morning and with reservation I say it knowing that possibly it may offend but I believe I can say this morning that under the sound of my voice right now there are those that are wise but there's also those of you that have been foolish with your faith you're not taking it serious enough I have to ask, when was the last time that your vessel was filled with oil? I have to ask, when was the last time that you really trimmed the wick, checked on the burning? I should have brought me some coal lamps this morning. Today, which one are you? Which one am I? If he was to come right now, would we have to run to the altar and try to buy some oil so that we could get our lamp burning again, so we could go in with him, or could we simply just kind of turn the knob a little bit and say, we're here, we're burning, we're ready? Because can I tell you, I must remind you when he comes, he's coming in a twinkling of an eye that is quicker 
than a millisecond. He's coming. There will be no time for repenting. There will be no time for purchasing. There will be no time of saying, I wish I could have, or I want to make this right, or I need to make that right. Listen, if there's something that needs to be made right, you need to make it right now. Because is it really worth missing heaven for today? As they come to the music this morning, I told you I wasn't going to keep you long today. You say, why is it so important, preacher, this morning? It's because if you look outside the windows of this building, you look all around you, in your community and the communities in which you live, there's an abandoned harvest today. Around midnight last evening, my wife received a call of her one of her cousins, 50 years of age, stepped into eternity, battled cancer. Today I stand here and tell you, she probably stepped into hell. But does that even bother us today? Before my week has even begun, I'm already slotted for multiple funerals this week where people step into eternity. Listen, it's not something you escape. It's something that happens to all of us. The world will tell you to live like you want, do what you want. It's all good. Everybody gets a set of angel wings. It's not true. hold into this lie, this deception that man, we can come together, we can have a revival service, we can get the people we love and that it's able to move us make us gyrate and we can have a good time and we have goosebumps and everything's wonderful, man, we're the church, man, it was powerful but then we go back and we do nothing I'm not here to move you I love you all. Y'all know that, but I'm not here to make you like me this morning. But I'm here to tell you that we have people dying and we're unconcerned. If we knew today, seven o'clock this evening, Jesus was coming. How drastic would you change your schedule? What would you do the next few hours that's not on your schedule today? Would you be running from door to door, hollering and telling people, get right, get ready, he's coming? You wouldn't be concerned about the next event 
You wouldn't be concerned about the next program. You wouldn't be concerned about getting to your favorite restaurant, but you would be concerned about getting somebody saved before they stepped into hell. Can I tell you, he may come before seven o'clock tonight. But if he doesn't come, you have no guarantee that you're going to be here five minutes from now. You're not able to take your heart out and look at it and say, yeah, it's all good. It's got another five years. No. It could beat its last beat 30 seconds from now. But if it did, is it well with you? Can you say that I am serving and I am passionately pursuing and been the ambassador that God's called me to be or am I just going through the motions this morning? Can I tell you, going through the motions, you will bury your children and they will end up in hell. But when somebody radically begins to fall on their face before Jesus, nations begin to be turned, families begin to be delivered, uh, communities begin to be filled with hope. You can't be one of the five that is foolish that looks over and says, give me some oil. I'm going to be stingy this morning and tell you, you're not getting my oil. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I've labored too hard for the anointing. I've spent too many countless nights sleepless. Uh, listen, uh, you got to get yours just like I've had to get mine. Does it bother you today? That hell is enlarging itself. Does it bother you today? That if there isn't an awakening, if there isn't a reviving, The 40 or 50 kids that's in those rooms back there, whatever the number is today, they will be absent from the church in just a few years if he delays his coming because it's empty. It has nothing to offer. It's just another thing on a schedule because mamas and daddies don't make it important. When was the last time that your babies heard you pray? When was the last time you took them by the hand and led them into the presence of God? Why are you wanting the preacher to do it all? Please hear me today. It's time to awaken. It's time to arise. And it's time to take authority. And to be the church that God has called us to be. But I'm scared, preacher. All of this stuff going on around, I'm scared. But listen. The Lord looked at Simon Peter and simply said, because of what you come to have understanding of, that I truly am the Son of God. He said, upon that rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
You do not have to be fearful of what's going on around you in the world. You just got to stand and know that God is everything that He says that He is. This morning, where is the army of the Lord? I challenge you, I challenge myself today to become who he's called us to be for such a time as this, to be his hands and his feet. I'm not asking you to become more religious. I'm not interested in that at all. I'm just asking you to stand up and be counted for the kingdom. We go weeks without being in the house of God and expect to be spiritual leaders. Shame on us. We go weeks without bending a knee and expect to have power over the devils of this world. Shame on us. It's time to roll up our sleeves and be the church. That means going down and sitting in the gutter with the one that's hurting today putting your arms around them and loving them right where they are. That means going into the mess and getting the mess on you so that you can pull somebody out of the mess. Is anybody willing to extend compassion and when necessary pull from the flames? How real is it, preacher? Wednesday afternoon. Those of you that was here on Wednesday, I shared just briefly about it. But Wednesday afternoon, my phone rings. And there's a young man down around the Florence, Kentucky area, and he called. He said, I can feel the flames of hell on my feet. tormented I said if I may ask how did you come to call this number and he said I was googling Pentecostal churches because I know that Pentecostal churches have they have the real thing and I thought I wish that was true with everything that said Pentecost on it I tell you, there's people in every denomination that has their real thing. Don't get hung up on titles. And I said, but, but he said, you're the first one that popped up. And I began to spend much time with him. But one of the most disturbing things that he told me was, I went to a church and they asked me to leave. They they said they didn't know how to help me. They said, I feel the flames of hell on my feet. I just wonder this morning if our families would be honest, how many of them could say, you know what, I feel the flames of hell on my feet.
Folks, it's not about buildings and chandeliers and the accolades of men, but it's about reaching one more. Where is the David Wilkerson of 2021 that would leave the little white house and the picket fence and go to the streets of New York City again and give everything to walk where angels feared to trod is what they said in the 70s. But he turned communities upside down because he didn't want them to die and go to hell. What will you and I do today to change the course of a generation? If you think you can just come back to the house of God next Sunday and you're going to have a positive change, you're fully fully mistaken of the demonic things that we're fighting against today. But Jesus said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, will turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Can I tell you today, we need healing. Not just the natural land in which we live needs healing, but I must remind you we are made of the dust of the earth. This needs healed. Oh, how it needs healed. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over the house today. the question this morning are we awake yet are we awake yet I'll tell on my son and my daughter-in-law this morning they're not here they'll shoot me for this my wife called them a little bit ago right before service they said, what time is it? They both slept through alarms. They're not here this morning because, you know, it takes a long time to get beautified and all these things. They slept right through the alarm this morning. How many alarms are we going to sleep through? How many services are we going to go to? How many times are we going to just keep going through the motion expecting something different to change? What is it really going to take in order for these to become tear-stained again? I can take you today take you down a little path out to the edge of the woods and I can show you an altar that's built and I can show you some little pieces of ground where there's some knee prints in the earth. It's not easy. 
not always convenient. It's not often recognized. But I can stand here and tell you today it's worth it. It's kept a family safe. It's kept a family in ministry. You just have to forgive me this morning for being such a best today, but can I tell you, eternity's real. I've done this long enough. I know how to move a crowd. I could quote you some verses and make you shout a little bit, but listen, you're still going to bury your family. You're still going to see your family destroyed. I, I'm not into that. There's times we need to be encouraged, absolutely. We need to dance before the Lord, absolutely. But is there really a cause to dance? When we're burying hundreds of thousands every day lost without God? There are those of you that are faithful to this house, and I love you enough to tell you this this morning. You'd do anything in the world for me. I know that, and I would you. But can you really say it is well with your soul today? My mind just went back over my dear friend, and oh, how I miss him. I miss seeing Brother House sitting over here. But he was faithful to me. He was faithful to this house for over 20 years. But it wasn't until 10 weeks before he took his last breath that he gave his all to Jesus. That was too close, man. That was too close. Can you say this morning, it is well. If you can't say it is well this morning, with 100% confidence, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat. I'm going to ask you to come right now. It's not a place of judgment. This is a place of love. It's a place of strength. And I'll be the first one to meet you there. But can you say it as well?